Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. The Joe Pag Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on. Lots to get to. Another big hour to get through. We've got a great interview at the bottom of the hour with Victor Avila. He's a former federal agent, former ICE guy. He was in a shootout with a, a drug cartel where his partner was killed. He was injured. I want to talk to him about this this idea that DHS somehow is going to punish Border Patrol agents who were doing what they were told to do or what they were trained to do on horseback when people were crossing the border illegally. We're going to talk to him about that. Plus, we talk a little bit about, about Fast and Furious as well. And we talk about Maida Flores, the uh, again, the young woman who just became a U.S. representative for District 34 in Texas. And I don't care where you are in the country. If you're watching the media, this is a big story, a big story because that seat hasn't been read for a very long time. So we've got a big hour coming your way, a lot to get to, a lot to talk about on a Wednesday. The day that I kiss up to Carrie. The song, the song of the week. I wouldn't go there, but whatever. I don't have a fight in me today. I don't have the whole song. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I only have this. This is as much as I. I, I won't even turn it down. It's where it stops. Listen. That's it. No. Okay. So interestingly, right. you know, you, you get stuck on that TikTok sometimes. And there was one the other day. By the way, that is Chocolate Voice. That's Carrie Lockie, my news anchor, pain in my ass. Mm-hmm. That's Polo, technical director. Just uh, said sure a lot. And uh, there's Sam, my daughter, who uh, feels like she she's obligated to work on the show. So there you go. We've got that. What? Uh, it could be the corona that's kicking in. By the way, I do have COVID-19. I'm not infecting anybody. I'm not anywhere near anybody, so get over it. So I'm flipping through the TikTok, and I guess there's one where a mother is showing her her daughter some pictures of, of I guess, guys who are expected to be attractive in the 1980s. Okay. Guess who was in there? I'm going to say John Bon Jovi. The daughter, I mean, the daughter's reaction, look, I'll be honest, listen, Carrie is infatuated with John Bon Jovi, and I'm, listen, I'm not a prude, I can tell if a guy is good looking or not, I think John Bon Jovi in the day was a good looking dude, mm-hmm. I think he's still fine looking, he's older, he but is, but he's yeah. okay looking, um, you know, I think the hairpiece works, okay. but, it's not an airpiece. but you don't know that, I do, uh, he's told me no, about you it. assume that, you literally can't know that. <laughs> I wish you, did, did you, <laughs> you ran your fingers through his hair sometime recently? I don't think so. Uh, so, no. um, so. So I, I'm looking at it, and, and I was stunned 
because the daughter's like, ew, what is wrong with him? What? But but it's one of those pictures where he had all the hair. They might have had a little makeup on. And all sorts of like, like makeup. Well, I, I think in the makeup. glam times, I think that it wasn't like kiss makeup, but they, come on, look at some of those maybe pictures. Maybe a little eyeliner, maybe. Yeah, come on. Maybe. It wasn't a cut down or anything. I mean, you had the Night Ranger hair. You had all these pe- all these people, you know, wearing some some sort of something to glam it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because today's day and age, these girls did not find them attractive, <laughs> which I found interesting. Well. And I can't think of a bunch of other people, but one wonders if she would have seen him performing, would that have changed her mind? You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I think David Lee Roth is a pretty funny looking guy. Mm-hmm. But he pretty much could have had any woman on the, he could have had any woman on the planet yes. when they watched him perform. Uh, yep. Absolutely. Because he was a, a freak of nature. Very athletic, you know, jumped around, was the A-type, although he's not that mm-hmm. big a guy. But, like, you look at him now, it's like, oh, there's skinny little David Lee Roth. It's very strange. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so I, I think that, you know, when you see somebody do what they do so well, I think that that's when, so it probably wasn't, that's as much as I'm not a big Bon Jovi fan, when he's singing well, he's a good singer. Mm-hmm. He doesn't sing well anymore, in my opinion, but that's something else to be, you know, and I'm not making fun of him. He doesn't. Yeah, and and I'm going to say this, and don't make fun of me either, because I always thought Rod Stewart, great musician. I always thought he was yeah. anyway. And I thought, ah, eh, you know, oh, you know, he's okay. I saw him in concert. Absolutely fell in love with him. And After that's the thing, right? I concert. mean, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, there are, there are a few... <laughs> I can name any number of performers right now that if you just take a picture of them and show show it to you, you'd be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you watch them perform, you're like, holy crap. It makes you know, a difference. A whole, yeah, it does. Well, think about it. How many women were lining up to get with the Kiss guys that were wearing clown makeup? <laughs> this is true. You know what I mean? This is true. <laughs> You meet them at McDonald's and you're scared of them. Or you see them at, on stage and you're like, yeah, let's yeah, rock and roll all night. like the Beatles. I mean, skinny little boys from Liverpool <laughs> with their little bowl haircuts. But you Absolutely put them on true. stage and girls right. and women would go insane. Exactly right. So, so I, it, I think the context was certainly missing. Um, and and it, was, it wasn't as fair <laughs> because I think you could take any performer from today and just show a picture of that person. And it doesn't not necessarily would be... Holy crap, look at that. Although, I do think they care more now about looks first and how you sound later. Yeah, I do think for that. for sure. I would, I would agree Because they that. could fix the sound now. Mm, yep. They couldn't fix the sound then. Yeah, that's true. So, pretty interesting. It, it really, it was very interesting to see that. So, I'm not, listen, I'm not like a Bon Jovi hater. I just don't get, oh my God, you're such a fangirl. <laughs> <sighs> I told you I've been crushing on him since 13, 14 years old. Yeah. But your first, your first, uh, any sort of exposure to him was him actually performing, right? Or did yeah, you, I saw him on MTV. This. I saw him on. Did MTV you like the music first, or the, the way he looked first? Oh, uh, I probably it was probably the way he looked because I think it was, I think it was MTV that I first discovered. What? Who is this? Yeah. See, I'll give so, you some of my bands from from that era, even a little bit before that era. I'm a little bit older than you are. Like Sticks, I didn't know what they looked like. I thought they were incredible. Oh, yeah. Uh, Queen didn't know what they looked like. I couldn't believe they could sing that well. Yep. I couldn't believe they could play that well. Um, Ted Nugent, no idea what the guy looked like, but I thought Cat Scratch Fever was the was sliced bread. I was like, well, are you serious? That simple lick, it's so good. And I didn't think that he that he was like killing, like he's not an Elvis singer. Like I'm an Elvis guy. So, I mean, I, I also know really good singing, but I mean, some of this, some of that stuff, if, when, when I heard it, but I'm a musician, so I hear music differently. When I see them perform, it actually takes away from it a little bit for me. Mm, like really? like when I saw Dennis DeYoung singing those thick songs, I was like, really? Hmm. That guy? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Well, I think you're coming from, because like you said, you're a musician. You, you, you hear it differently maybe when you see it. Right? But for you, the first exposure you had was MTV and the music. Yeah. So you don't know which one you liked more. I, I'm going to say I probably saw him first. So, yeah. But, I mean, I was that was a generation of MTV. I grew up on MTV. Was there any uh, performer that you heard sing first, saw them, and went, really? That's the guy? Like, um, I, was, I was looking at reactions the other night on YouTube. And uh, uh, what, you, what You Won't Do for Love by Bobby Caldwell. People were watching that video. I don't know that one. Uh, you would know it. I'm not going to sing it. I don't have the voice today. But um, uh, you would know it. And he sounds like a black dude. It's just just a skinny little white guy. Well, a same, who's Rick Astley. Song. Rick Astley. And well, I well, heard the yeah, song first. Yeah. And then you see the video yeah. going, what? That voice does not match who that is. Well, I kid video. you not. And I've said this before. Rick Astley, he was accused of having Luther Vandross sing his songs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then he would he would just be the front man, which, of course, didn't happen. But nobody could believe it. But but look up like a reaction on YouTube to people first time seeing the band Wild Cherry doing Play That Funky Music White Boy. Hmm. Okay. They totally think it's a black artist. It's not. It's a white guy. Right. So, I mean, it, it, you can get your mind blown if you see them after you heard it yeah. first. Yeah. Because you always make an assumption. But I don't know that there's any artist where I said, you know, okay, that makes sense. I think, and I bring Mr. Mister up all the time. <clears throat> I think that I probably heard Kyrie and Broken Wings. It might have been Broken Wing. Um, I think that I probably heard and saw them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I just thought those songs were amazing by Mr. Yeah, Mr. Good. And then they did a live performance at the Grammys or something. That was it. I was locked in. But uh, yeah, I mean, for, uh, I would get it. As a young girl, I would understand how you see Bon Jovi, hear Bon Jovi. It all comes together and you're like, that's it. I'm yep. done. That is the total package. Yep. For me, it was. Polo, po- anybody like that for you? You heard it first. And when you saw him, you're like, get out of here. No way. That's the guy. Um... There, there were a few. The one that that I guess tricked me was back when this is so stupid. Um, what when I saw Paul Simon's video with Chevy Chase, yeah. and I didn't know that it was Paul Simon that was actually singing the song because Chevy Chase was was lip syncing it, and I, and I <laughs> oh, was Chevy watching Chase it, like it, and I was like, and then when I found out that it was Paul Simon, I was like, oh, it was the little guy. I was like, you know, like, that was kind of funny. Nice, it threw me off, so very nice. Yeah. No, that was a great video. He got in trouble because he was appropriating African singers. That's how stupid. Even 30, 40 years ago, they were saying stupid stuff like, he was like, I took them out of a village and I paid them a lot of money. What are you talking about? Sam, anybody like that for you? I would say definitely Rick Astley a little bit, but, you know, in the world of YouTube now, I'm not really surprised by what people look like anymore. <laughs> do, do you never hear music first? Like, like In your age range, is it always you see as well as hear it at first? Um, there are, I mean, there's some songs that I just don't, you know, actively watch as I'm, you know, listening to YouTube or YouTube music or something like that. But yeah, for the most part, I mean, I pretty much know what everyone looks like now because it's just, it's just everywhere. It's unavoidable. I got, I got this email in this conversation. Prince. Mm, yeah. Prince yeah. sounded like he was six, four, <laughs> had this big daily beloved. No, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't playing around. Daily beloved. Yeah, he, I was like, whoa, who the hell is this guy? Five foot one, yeah. like wearing wearing heels and and was a mix of what was Hispanic and black and just dominated the stage. He was bigger than than life when you saw him. But when you heard it, I made an assumption that this was a big dude and he wasn't. 
I think maybe Michael Jackson, but although we've known Michael Jackson through the years, but I mean, him being like 5'10", 5'11", didn't make a lot of sense because you think of him as little Michael Jackson. Anybody anybody else like that for you? Taylor Dane, I, I remember not expecting to see what she looked like. Yeah, everybody assumed that Taylor Dane was was black, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think she's from Long Island, and and it turned out I thought she was too. And I was playing the song on the radio at that point. I was I was doing adult adult contemporary music, so yeah, I was very surprised when I saw that video as well. I think Mariah Carey um, um, surprised some people when they saw what she looked like. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I'm just, to me, watching these people react to music where they've made assumptions about who they must be and then they're not is some of the most satisfying video watching (laughs) for me because I love when people are like happily surprised. Like I really just love that when they're they're, pleasantly surprised. On YouTube, what is that? uh, Cal, um, America's Got Talent or, and I've also seen like Britain's Got Talent and you like, um, oh, Susan Boyle. And oh yeah, she, she was amazing. She walked out on the yeah. stage, and everybody was laughing at her before right. she even opened her mouth. But oh my goodness, when she did, it was absolutely beautiful, and people were yeah. shocked, and their mouths absolutely. dropped to the floor. Yeah. What did you say, Paul? I was going to say. I mean, I watch those videos all the time too, and whenever they they go back and they'll watch like Michael McDonald, you know, they'll yeah. they'll freak out with him. But but what's even funnier is when. They realize that the song that they've grown up loving was sampled from that song, and then that just like blows their mind. Right. You know? So I always find that like, that to be kind of like interesting when when I see that stuff happen too. I think I think it's very cool. You, you know who surprised me <clears throat> is Richie Valens. Richie Valenzuela was his name, um, and and he died at like seventeen in the plane crash that killed Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper. But they did the movie La Bamba in the nineteen eighties. So I assumed that Lou Diamond Phillips looked like Richie Valens, he really and he really doesn't. Mm-mm. No, he doesn't. So uh, when I when I went back and did some research years later, I went, "Whoa!" They they could have gotten a guy who looked a little bit more like him. Although I think Lou did an unbelievable job portraying him. Um, but yeah, I, that that freaked me out. So I guess a biopic can do that too. And I have some concerns with the Elvis biopic coming up. They got the guy with the bluest eyes they can get. They got his hair doing the Elvis flip. And, and he's, I guess, about the same size, but the whole face is wrong for me. So it's going to be weird because a whole new generation is going to assume that's what Elvis looked like. And I think he's got his mannerisms, and I think he speaks like him pretty well, and I think he sings like him okay when he's younger. The older Elvis in the movie will be the actual Elvis singing. Um, but um, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little bit wary of this. I do have a call into Priscilla. I'm hoping to have her on to talk oh, about it. But, good, yeah. but that can change a whole perception of like a like a new generation mm-hmm. about who Elvis is. Because if you ask a young person who Elvis is, Elvis the pelvis, he was the guy acted like a clown on stage. He just gyrated around. When in reality, he was one of the best entertainers we've ever seen. Like all of it. The singing, the the moving, the the the, the musicianship, all of it. So hopefully that, that'll bring people, a new audience into that. But I also want them to go back after they see the movie and see what the guy really looked like. Does that make sense? Yeah, that would be good. Yes. Absolutely. You're going to see that? Do you care? Uh, you know, I've seen the trailer. It looks pretty good. I might see yeah. that. I might see that one. Well, Priscilla, if Priscilla says I mean, it's Tom pretty Hanks good, I'm going to have to see it. it. Yeah. 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 Looks pretty good. Paul, do you care about that? Yeah, I'm kind of interested in it. I've seen, like, you know, that his family has given, like, thumbs up on the guy, so. Yeah. They gave the thumbs down at first, then they watched it, and they gave the thumbs up. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty interesting. I want to talk to her about that. Sam, you're, you're going to see that? 
I will see it, but I will admit that I think that all these biopics are getting a little annoying and repetitive. <laughs> who, who peed in your Cheerios today, Sam? <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know. I'm just so tired of everything being milked like for well, anything. You know? Well, I think you make a good point that it's hard to find a good new idea. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times they're mailing it in. I think you're kind of right. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Simple question. Got a few minutes after the break. I want to know if there's a song that you heard and when you saw who does the song, you were blown away by it. And what's been the most surprising from your assumption to what you've seen? 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Stay here. This is the Joe Pegg Show. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Got to tell you about Stamps.com, a great organization. I want you to use Stamps.com for all your shipping needs. If you're running a small business, that's already hard to do, right? Why are you still taking time out of your day to go to the post office when you could be using Stamps.com instead? Stamps.com makes mailing and shipping quick, easy, and cost-effective. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been an indispensable partner for over a million businesses. Stamps.com can give you access to all the post office and UPS shipping services you need right from your computer. And get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 30% off of USPS rates, 86% off of UPS. All you need is a regular computer and a printer, no special supplies or equipment. You're up and running in just minutes, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send it. Plus, Stamps.com seamlessly works with Shopify, Amazon, Etsy, eBay, and more. So whether you're in an office sending invoices, an Etsy shop sending your products, or a warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com is your mailing and shipping solution. Get a hold of them now. Stamps.com. Start saving money. Sign up with code PAGS, P-A-G-S, for a special offer, including a four-week trial, free postage, digital scale. Don't have to worry about long-term commitments or contracts. Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page, put in code PAGS. Start saving right now. My daughter CJ thought uh, Tracy Chapman might be a dude. Okay, I get that. Um, that that's uh, the big big hit was certainly the lower range. Uh, one of uh, one of the people in my chat room says um, thought that Stevie Nicks might have been a guy when they first heard Stevie Nicks. Yeah, okay, interesting. Bit of a raspy voice. I don't know that I would think that it, that she was a guy, but I get it. I hear you, Danny, Florida. What's going on? Hey, Pags and crew, how y'all doing? Living the dream. Don't have a lot of time. What's on your mind? Okay, I got a couple quick examples. Uh, Buddy Holly was the first white guy to play in the Apollo, and they they, they didn't want to pay him at first. And they, they said he was white. He goes, "Well, just pay me the money, and I'll I'll be gladly to leave." And he paid played the uh, first white guy to play in the Apollo, and just uh, brought the house down. Great. Who Two, surprised you? Uh, what's that? Who surprised you, my friend? Uh, the the second one uh, example was uh, not musical, but Larry Bird. Bye, brother. I appreciate you, Danny. Bill, Wisconsin, who surprised you? Let's go. George Ezra, Budapest. I've never, is that a name of a group, Budapest? No, that's the song he did, George Ezra. I thought he was like a big Samoan or Jamaican or something. And uh, yeah, just a little British white guy. I never heard of the song. That's interesting. Jerry, Maryland, what's going on? Living the dream, living the dream. Come on, Jerry. Who surprised you? Hey, um, Mama Cass of the Mamas and the Papas, the most incredible voice I've ever heard. 
and uh, never heard one match since. I'm with you. I agree. Mama Cass had an incredible voice, and no, she did not choke on a ham sandwich. She had a heart attack. Jim, Honolulu, talk to me. Come on. Uh, what You Won't Do for Love by Bobby Caldwell. That's how we That's how we started the segment. Bobby Caldwell, looks. he sounds like a black dude. He's a skinny little white guy. Don, fast, who do you got? Frankie Lyman singing Why Do Fools Fall in Love. I Absolutely. Thought- Frankie Lyman was, was amazing. And he was a black guy. He was a teenager when he did it. All right, keep it here. Victor Avila when we come back. Don't be an A-Dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show. Glad to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this guy back. He's a friend of mine. He's a guy who survived an attack by a drug cartel. He lost his partner, Jaime Zapata. It is Victor Avila. Victor, how are you? Good to see you. I'm doing good, Joe. Thanks for having me back. I always appreciate having you on. I had to get you on today um, because I can't believe that the DHS is still going after these border guys and gals on horseback. First of all, I thought it was DPS that, was, that, that we were watching on the horseback. I didn't realize that it was, D, that it was actually uh, Border Patrol. Either way... Um, did you see those initial pictures that were alleging that these guys were whipping the Haitian immigrants that were coming across? Absolutely. I saw the, the videos and the pictures. And uh, Well, I asked you, I, well, I asked you about yeah. the pictures because the videos told the real story. The, the pictures, though, some idiot got one picture that he snapped at the perfect time to make it look like, through an optical illusion, that the reins of the horse were being used as a whip. That's right. And by the way, that, that photographer that took the picture told them there, there was actually no whipping going on. That's just the way the picture showed it and that, that, that illusion. But, you know, the, the left and the Biden administration and DHS, they don't care about the truth. They, they want to vilify and continue to vilify the Border Patrol agents uh, any opportunity that they have because they hate the police. They hate border agents. They hate ICE. And even though these agents have been cleared, remember, they were criminally charging them. They were looking at them for a criminal charge. That was then thrown away. That wasn't going to happen. But what they're doing now is administratively looking at punishing them. Now, this is this is what's total, totally wrong with, with this, what's going on here. The focus should be from this administration and the Border Patrol and DHS to do something about the crisis that we have at the border, yes. not not focusing on two agents that have done absolutely nothing wrong. And let me tell you who sent them on that mission of the, the horses. It was the, the current chief of the Border Patrol, uh, Chief Ortiz, who back then was the, um, uh, I think he was the second in command when that happened. Right. I'm not sure, but uh, that's what the Border Patrol does. They use uh, horses as part of the enforcement activities. So they themselves were following orders from their superiors there's nothing wrong here nothing happened right yet they want to make something out of it and and put these agents uh kind of like a little bit what i went through make them pay for something they didn't do agent under fire.com uh is it agent uh, agent under fire.com or agent under fire book.com 
agentunderfirebook.com. Okay, make sure you include book. Agentunderfirebook.com. It's Victor Avila. Let's talk about the training because what they were doing, they were all doing it sort of in unison. They're all doing the same tactic. Um, they said afterwards anonymously that they were trained to use that tactic specifically to stop human beings from infiltrating our country. Victor, in the videos, in the pictures, and by the way, they weren't going to listen to the photographer. They got what they needed from the photographer. They're not going to let him say what he really saw was going on. No, no, we have the pictures. We're good. But in those pictures and those videos, did you see them doing anything outside of what they would have been trained to do? Absolutely not. This is the horse patrol. So I want people to think of the, the horse is like a unit. Think of it as their patrol unit, a car that they use. And they, if you use a patrol unit to block someone's path, which, you know, they do that all the time. Yes. It's the same thing they do with the horses. It is a tool that is used. It happens to be a live animal. And uh, and for those reasons, they use these uh, these reins to keep them away because they don't want the horses to hurt the 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 people coming over as well. It's a very, very well used tactics to block someone's paths. As a matter of fact, the Border Patrol has been doing this for 100 years. This is nothing new. It's new to the people that have never been there. It's new to the people that have never in their lives uh, know who Border Patrol is and what their functions are. It's not new to us that are very in tune with what's happening, that we've actually been in these areas of the country. It is uh, Victor Avila, Agent Under Fire. It's the name of the book, agentunderfirebook.com. Former ICE agent, former federal agent, again, was in a shootout where his partner was killed. I want to ask you about Fast and Furious in a second because I have one question about that that I've never had answered yet, Uh, but I'll get into that in a second. When it comes to, you just mentioned 100 years ago, how would the Border Patrol have reacted 100 years ago had 20,000 people lined up on the Mexican side and said, we're coming in? Uh, nothing, nothing close to what we saw. Right. Um, and, you know, eventually we, we're letting these people in, these Haitians, 17,000 of them, we let them in uh, in the country. Uh, that wouldn't have happened back then. Well, Victor, do, do, it, it seems like an act of war, doesn't it? It seems like an act of aggression. Absolutely. Well, they're they're defying our sovereignty, our laws. Yes. And all of a sudden, somebody, for, we all forgot, the left forgot that, uh, we have laws and we're a nation of laws and law and order. And all we're doing is having police forces and Homeland Security and others defending those laws. Um, and they don't want us to do that anymore. They don't want us to defend our sovereignty. They're globalists. They want everybody in. And it just it's not working. And you see it not working, not just in our, our border states, but in every state of the country. I keep on saying this over and over. It's a national security threat and a public safety threat that we have to focus on because these people are not being completely vetted. We have no idea what they're doing once they make their final destination into the U.S. It's unbelievable. Victor Avila, he's a former federal agent. Get his book, agentunderfirebook.com. Victor, I'm going to ask you what sounds like a very generic question, but it's not because I think I know the answer. Um, but, But please give me an answer. Why do people sign up to be Border Patrol agents? Well, you know, uh, it's a it's a very rewarding job. It's yeah. a it's a good job. Um, you're serving the nation. Um, it has great benefits. It's a very very difficult job. Not even I'm not talking about right now. Right now, it's at almost uh, un- unheard of. Right, we've never seen them do 
aside from their border patrol duties, everything else that they're being asked to do. Right. But um, it's a very challenging. I have family members uh, that are border patrol agents, and it's definitely a very challenging job uh, because of the terrain, because of the locations uh, with the families. Sometimes you're in these rural areas, small towns. They don't have the resources. And so I commend them for choosing to to take on that task and especially the ones that are choosing to do it now because they know what they're facing. They're facing adversity that they've never seen before from yeah. our own government. Yeah, and which is crazy. They should they should believe that our government has their back, but our government's trying to figure out how to punish these people. The reason why I ask is because I know a lot of Border Patrol agents. Uh, I've dealt with uh, with Ramos Campion. You know that I know Gary Brugman's a good friend. Yeah. Uh, he's a friend of yours as well. I see these guys that I know, and, and you included, as people who go, yep, Love America. I am America. I will kick your ass if you try to come into America. Um, this is what I see people who want to be Border Patrol agents as. I don't see them as people who are giving court dates to illegals. I don't see them as people that are handing out $600 cards and, and here's a nice smartphone for you when they get here. I don't, I don't, I don't see them as people who say, okay, what would you like us to fly you today somewhere in the middle of America? I see them as people who say, this is the line. We're on this side of the line protecting what's here. You're on that side. If you dare try to come here, we're going to stop you. And it, and it appears to me as though people can't do that anymore. So why would anybody ever sign up right now um, to, to be Border Patrol? And secondarily, do you know people specifically that are leaving because of the horrible policies that they're dealing with? Both, I do. Uh, the ones that are joining right now, I think they're they're feeling the the patriotism of saying, you know what? I got to go in there and help kind of a kind of a not comparing it so much with the military, but it's it's a service. And yeah. they're, they're feeling that this is the time that is needed for me to go in there and help because they need all the help that they can get right now. And uh, and another reason is because a lot of them are leaving. A lot of them that have been there are, are we have the highest rate of suicides amongst oh. Border Patrol agents ever. And that's never a good thing. And uh, they've gone to the point where a breaking point where they say, I'd rather just separate at this point to save myself, save my family from what they're going through. And, and it feels horrible. And I, I tell you firsthand, when you don't have that backup from your or own organization for something as simple as doing your job. And um, I ask anybody, challenge yourself, whatever you do for a living, you can't really do those duties. They're going to put you to do something else that you really are not there to do, right. but you have to live with it. And, and, and you're against it, but you ha you're forced to. A lot of people ask me, why don't they just arrest an illegal? Well, they could arrest an illegal for illegal entry, but then the U.S. Uh, the Department of Justice and the U.S. Attorney's Office will decline prosecution on individuals. So the individuals, so they have absolutely no backup on the criminal justice system, a DHS, and they're stuck in this uh, hole where they can't get out of. It's Victor Avila. He uh, survived an attack by a drug cartel while in a federal agent's car with his partner Jaime Zapata. Uh, it was on the Mexico side, right? Victor? That's right. Okay, yes, we'll, we'll talk. I want to talk about that in a, in a second. But let me just finish up on the border. The latest I've heard today is that those on horseback that were in these pictures or in those videos doing tactics tactics that were taught by the Border Patrol themselves, they did nothing wrong. They can't face criminal charges, although we were hearing about hate crimes at first because these were black individuals from Haiti that were being whipped somehow when they weren't being whipped. Um, that, that went by the wayside. You're right. There won't be any criminal charges, but they could be suspended for months and months without pay. They might be terminated. They say termination is on the table. Your thoughts on that? Uh, it's con completely ludicrous to me. Uh, th by the way, they have been uh, on uh, some type of administrative leave. Uh, they have not had any ability to do their jobs, have any contact with an illegal alien. Well, who's the bad guy here? 
This is what's upside down and backwards yeah. with this administration. The Border Patrol are the good guys that are trying to protect our country, but they're they're the other way around. They're upside down and backwards where they put the illegal alien first. They don't put the U.S. citizen hardworking agent uh, that actually went through an extensive background to be in this position with clearances. No, they dismiss all that and give it to the illegal alien and give them the credit. And uh, it's just uh, you can tell with my voice, it's uh, it, it angers me because uh, administratively is almost as bad as criminally because they need their jobs. Some of these border patrol agents are the only ones earn the the earners in their family, especially because of these uh, uh, locations that they're at, and 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 they de- the family depends on them. So all of a sudden, if you dismiss them administratively, what are they going to make up? What are they going to say that they did wrong if there's absolutely nothing there that they violated? What what administration or what policy did they violate right. when they themselves were ordered by their own chief to be there and do that? And it's it's uh it's very frustrating. We need to support them as much as we can yeah they, they violated no policy you know that i know that everybody knows that whoever, wherever the punishment is i hope they sue because th- this would be completely outrageous it's victor avila get his book it's agent under fire book.com agent under fire book.com what one quick uh, mention in district 34 this is a district in texas that does i believe it goes down to to brownsville because i right. think that Maida flores is from mexico just on the other side of Brownsville. She came here legally when she was a child, six, seven years old, and she's the first Mexican-born representative in the United States now, but she's also the first Republican to hold that district seat in 100-plus years, and the last Republican only had it for one year. So this has been a Democrat seat forever, and she somehow wins this special election last night. Victor, first of all, you know her. You like her. Uh, from what I've seen, I think she's great. I hope she wins in November. She's got to run to hold that to hold that seat in November. But talk to me about why the people in that district would make this huge change from blue to red. Is it strictly because the, the, the Biden administration is allowing anybody and everybody to come through their backyards? That's that's one of them. But I think mostly and I think uh, Myra would agree with me. It's the messaging that she was very successful in getting to these Hispanic communities and these families and her her model her her, uh, throughout the the, her uh, campaign was uh, God, family and country. Yeah. Because she's a patriot. She loves this country. She knows the difference between not being from here and and being somewhere else and being an American and a U.S. citizen and the difference that makes. And, yes, law and order has to do with it. Uh, All the other things that we see, bad things happen in other countries in Mexico, corruption, the uh, cartel violence and all that organized crime. And so the messaging that she says that, listen, I share the same values that you share. You, you are pro-life. You are pro-family. You are pro-God. This is something that we share that the Democrat Party does not. And the people saw that and they, 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 they realized, wait a minute, I've been voting wrong all this time. I'm really, when it comes down to it, a conservative Republican. And there, and there she gets to win. I hope she does it again in November. Yeah, it's interesting because the district, that the way that it was put together today, Biden won it by four points. And you and I talked about this before we started. They redistricted now. So in November, you were saying it's a plus 18 district for Biden. Can she overcome that? It's an uphill battle for, for her because uh, obviously now it's going to include a lot of the counties and voters that were not part of this this, this district. Yeah. So the redistricting 
is is obviously a lot more Democrats in there. And so um, I think she has a shot. I think she has a shot to come uh, above and beyond and remain in Congress. We need a person uh, with these kind of values. And you know what? Yeah, she happens to be Hispanic. So what? I mean, this is what I've always been saying that um, it shouldn't matter. It's the conservative values. It's the conservative uh, uh, thinking and ideology that you bring to the table that we desperately need in Washington. Is there something to the fact that she's young? And, and, and here's why I say this. You've got people who Biden's almost 80. Um, you've got people who are nationally, they've been in Congress for 40 and 50 years. And, and, and at some point, the youth in America says, how can I relate with these people? Does she relate with the younger voter, the younger Hispanic voter, the younger voter on the border who says, hey, this is my country too. Stop letting people in. I mean, is, is there something where people actually feel she's just like I am? That's absolutely true. As a matter of fact, I was with her at certain events uh, when she was campaigning down in the border, and I saw that. I saw the younger people, the the late 20s, early 30s, uh, young families that are starting out. We need that kind of representation of those people as well. Right. And and you mentioned the older people in, in Congress have now kind of disconnected. They've been there so long, they, they don't relate in any aspect with their constituents. And and she's one of them. She's one of the people. And that's very refreshing to see. I've got maybe a minute, Victor, but I, I want to make sure that I spell this out correctly. Fast and Furious was a, a program put together by Eric Holder and then President Barack Obama. They didn't tell the Mexican president. They smuggled weapons they bought at, 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 gun, sh- at gun shows or gun shops across the border into Mexico. These guns were not, again, they were not told to the Mexican government we're going to be running this, this program to see how many of these guns make it back to America. People kept on saying that it was the same thing as Operation Wide Receiver by Bush. It wasn't. Bush told Mexico about that. They worked in conjunction. It was not the same program whatsoever. Long story short, Brian Terry is killed with a Fast and Furious gun. Jaime Zapata is killed with a Fast and Furious gun. You're injured with a Fast and Furious gun. Has anybody ever paid the penalty? They should have paid for those guns being smuggled into Mexico and those same guns being used by drug cartels to injure and kill federal agents. Absolutely no one. There's been no accountability across the board from President Obama all the way down to the Secretary of Homeland Security and, of course, Eric Holder. Remember, Eric Holder was held in contempt of Congress. and Which meant nothing. Nothing happened to him. He, that, but now that you see them doing that now, they want people in jail. He's supposed to be in jail for this violation. He knew what they were doing. They were walking these guns purposefully. They've killed thousands of Mexican nationals and the cartels have been armed to the teeth. And yes, they have two U.S. citizens killed. And by the way, they've been used, uh, these fast and furious weapons have been used in Benghazi, been used in France with that mass shooting over there. They've made these, uh, these weapons available all over the world. And they're still out there. And no one to this day, 11 years later, have been held accountable for this poor decision, the most, the, probably the, the worst uh, operation ever configured in any law enforcement agency ever. Stunning. It's Victor Avila. Thank God you survived. Let's talk a- at length about that next time. Thank you for coming on today in short notice. I had to know what you thought about this potential punishment for these, uh, for these officers on the border. And thank you for the insight on, on Mida Flores. Uh, Victor, let's do it again soon, can we? Thank you, Joe. Absolutely. Anytime. Appreciate you, brother. Go to agentunderfirebook.com. Get that book today. And we're back right after this. This is the Joe Pag Show.
We appreciate Victor coming on. We had a great interview with Matt Gates earlier on today as well. Make sure you go to Rumble.com and go to Joe Pags. Subscribe. You'll see all the videos that we do there. I will upload these videos in the next few minutes. Glad that you stopped by today. Another big show coming your way tomorrow. Have a great night. For Polo, for Carrie, for Sam, I'm Joe. We'll see you. This is the Joe Pags Show. Right